0: Day on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. Notice, Paul says, over all
1: these virtues, put on love. It binds them all together in perfect unity. The other six, they're all brought together and held together in perfect unity. Love. Love covers a multitude of sins.
0: You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of Colossians. Whenever we read certain passages that give us a list of spiritual practices, we sometimes fall into the trap of trying to prioritize one over the other. As Pastor J.D. will teach you in his message today, love is the culmination of any given practice. When we love God and others, such disciplines end up happening naturally. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. Now here's Pastor J.D. in the book of Colossians chapter 3 with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. I want
1: it to be said of me, and whenever I do a memorial service, it's always that time I think about what Solomon writes in Ecclesiastes about how it's better to go to a memorial service than it is to go to a party. And the reason it is, is because when you go to a party, I mean, you're not thinking about the brevity of life, the fate of every man and woman. When you go to a memorial service, you're more prone to be introspective and come face to face with the reality of the brevity of this life. And in a way, and it's a healthy thing to do. I hope it doesn't sound morbid. It should not be morbid. But it's a healthy thing to do to fast forward to your memorial service should your death precede the rapture of the church. And I'll explain what I mean by that. What would they say at your memorial service about you? Would they talk about how kind and gentle and humble you were? In Galatians 6, we're told that it's gentleness that restores someone who is caught up in a sin were admonished, exhorted to restore them, but to do so gently. Not harshly. Gently. All right. Appreciate your patience. Let's talk about patience. Some of your translations render this as long-suffering. Not a word we use much today. What does long-suffering mean? Well, it basically, and I know this is deeply profound, but it means to suffer long. Long Long-suffering. To patiently suffer for a long period of time with someone. Here again, the opposite of patience, impatience. <laughs> Come on, don't look at me all spiritual. You're just as impatient as I am, especially in traffic. I actually prayed about this in traffic on the way here this morning. Lord, should I use another traffic illustration from my own life? And I'm reluctant to do so because I, I don't want you to think that I'm not walking in victory. I mean, the Lord is doing a work in me. But here, here's one thing I'm learning about my own impatience. You know what being impatient says? Being impatient says my time's more important than yours. Where I have to get to is more important than where you have to get to. So when you're in a hurry and you're in traffic, okay, I'm going to use a traffic illustration, <laughs> and someone cuts you off, you can't pass them. And They go three miles per hour below the speed limit. It's deliberate. No, I know it is. It's, a, it's, it's intentional. Yeah. Don't they know that I have to get to church? I mean, after all, I'm the pastor. I need to get to church. I've, I've shared with you what my recurring nightmare is, right? You know, when you're a kid, the recurring nightmare is that you show up at school in your pajamas. You ever had those when you were a kid? You know what mine is? My recurring nightmare is that I'm going to be in traffic on my way to church. Somebody's going to cut me off. I'm going to pass them. And as I do, I'm going to give them the look. Which, by the way, this is why I do not have anything on my car that says, you know, Calvary Chapel, Connie, oh hey, you know, I don't have a fish, you know. In case of rapture, this car will be unmanned. I don't have any of that. <laughs> Maybe I should. I would probably drive better. But my recurring nightmare is that I, 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 I pass them and I give them the look and then I just speed on by. I pull up to church and then put on the smile. You know what I'm talking about, right? I mean, you're you're on your way to church and I mean, you would be hard pressed to know, you know, (laughs) that you're a Christian. (laughs) And then you pull into the parking lot. Oh my goodness, praise the Lord. And then as I pull in and park the car, that cut me off, the driver that I gave that look to pulls in right next to me. (laughs) That's the Lord. (laughs) Impatience comes when we think more highly of ourselves than we ought. We think our time is more important. So we go to the grocery store and <laughs> the line, you know, the express line. Do you do this? I, I, I have to confess, I just did this this last week. I was really in a hurry. And the line for the express line, I, I think it's up to 15 items now. Didn't it used to be 10? I guess it depends on the store. Some are 10, some are 15. So I just counted how many items they had in there. (laughs) Because it looked like more than 15 to me. Not that I would have said anything. Could you imagine? You got 17 items in there. Get out of this line. You can't be in this line. Hey, wait a minute. I've seen you before. Aren't you the pastor at that church there in... (laughs) number six, (laughs) forgiveness. This too could be another (laughs) sermon unto itself for what I think would be deemed obvious reasons. Actually, it ties into the seventh and final one, which is love, which we'll talk about in a moment. But I think about that parable that Jesus taught. It's recorded in Luke's Gospel, chapter 7. And let me kind of give you the, the backstory of what's going on here. This woman, very sinful past, very sinful past, shows up at this place where Jesus is at and having dinner, where he was invited. And she makes her way to him. And she starts to weep just, I mean, I I guess maybe uncontrollably and bitterly, and is washing his feet with her tears, and wiping his feet with her hair. And then she takes this alabaster box, which you have to understand in that culture and in that day, they would save up all of their lives. Some commentators believe that an alabaster box with this perfumed oil would be valued at what would be one year's worth of wages. That's how expensive it was. And you would save up and add to it for your burial. This is in the days before embalming. And you would save up this fragrant oil for your own death. Talk about your memorial service, right? So she takes her alabaster box that is filled with this very expensive and very aromatic oil. And she breaks it and she anoints Jesus with this oil as if to be anointing him for his death and burial. Very interesting uh, typology, actually, in that whole account. True story, by the way. Now the guys that were there first of all they're incensed they're just i mean this is this is unthinkable and they they say to themselves this is this is interesting because jesus can read our minds right i love it when you read in the gospels they they said to themselves they thought to themselves and then jesus says hey I can read your mind. And and they said to themselves, thought to themselves, if this man were really a prophet, he would know who this woman was. This is a woman that has a past. Doesn't he know how sinful she was, is? Jesus reads their mind. He says, hey, um, I want to tell you a story. There's these two guys, debtors. One guy, and I'll try to bring it into modern day terms to understand, he owes this guy $100. And you have another guy, he is in debt for $100 million. Now the guy that owes $100 million goes to his master and the master forgives him of his debt for $100 million. Here's this other guy. He goes to his master. He owes him $100. That master says, you know what? I'm going to forgive you of your $100 debt. You no longer owe me $100. Now get this. The guy that was forgiven of the $100 goes to the guy that owes him money and says, you need to pay me. And then the master that he owed the $100 to says, "Uh, excuse me? I just forgave you of $100 and this guy owed you $10 and you're demanding that he pay you the $10? He compares these two and he says of the one who owed the $100 million as opposed to the one who owed the $100, he says, which one do you think is going to be more grateful? Well, of course, the one who was forgiven of $100 million. And then Jesus says this, exactly. You want to know why? Because the one who has been forgiven of much, loves much. And conversely, the one who has been forgiven of little, loves little. Well, that segues into our seventh, how appropriate Is this seven, the number of completion? This completes it. Notice, Paul says, over all these virtues, put on love. It binds them all together in perfect unity. The other six, they're all brought together and held together in perfect unity love. Love covers a multitude of sins. I would suggest that not only does love hold them all together, it's love that produces them in the first place. I want to close with a very familiar passage in the book of Galatians again, this time chapter 5. You know it well. Verses 22 and 23, the fruit, singular, of the Holy Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit is love. Now, from the fruit of love, here's what it produces. More fruit, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such, there is no law. Uh, Did you notice that this is basically the list that Paul has here? In Colossians, almost verbatim. In other words, we're to put this on. How? What does that look like? How do we practically put on gentleness, kindness, meekness, patience, all of the above? How do we do that? It's the how of the Holy Spirit that enables us and empowers us to do the what of the Holy Word. There is no way that you and I can do this apart from the indwelling and the empowering of the Holy Spirit. To try is to have plastic fruit. And people will see right through it. Would you agree? You can't manufacture. You can't fake it. You can try. But people are going to sniff out insincerity. There's a genuine, authentic love that comes by way of the Holy Spirit. I'll I'll close with this uh, one story from my own life. Actually, a, another marriage one, if you don't mind. <laughs> Early in our marriage, I made this comment to my wife. And I thought it was so profound and so sincere and so, you know, Authentic, and I I said to her this I said, Honey, I love you with a love that only God can give. I'm just waiting for the oh, you know. I'm just waiting for the embrace and the kiss and oh, I love you. you.'re so wonderful what a what a wonderful, loving husband you are. That's not what happened. She says to me in response this, you mean to tell me that you cannot muster up any... Love in and of yourself that the only way you can love me, I'm so unlovable that the only way you can love me is if God gives you a love for me. I'm like what What? can I wives? How do you do that? How what? What? No! How would No. How can something so... No, I didn't say that. (laughs) Though it would have been true. (laughs) I'm sorry. Obviously my wife is not in this service, so I can get away with it. But if you really think about it, that is the truth. Whenever I do a wedding, which I really enjoy doing weddings, I always... Look at the husband, the groom, more than I do the the bride, because really the onus is on him, you know, because the Apostle Paul in Ephesians talks about husbands loving your wives. Love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her. Love your wives as you love yourself. Love your wives as you love and cherish your own body. I mean, three times he says to the, to the husband, love your wife. He doesn't say it one time to the wife. He doesn't say to the wife, love your husband. That's not the problem. You know what he says to the wife? It's very simple, it's very short. Three times. Husbands, love your wife. Husbands, love your wife. Husbands, love your wife. Wife, wife. Respect your husband. What? Yeah. So I say to the groom, well, I guess I should say it depends on the groom. If I if I know him well enough, I, I'm very, you know, we've already talked about it prior, but I'll say to them, the only way you can love her is That much is by the power of the Holy Spirit of God that gives you that love. That's kind of a tall order, wouldn't you agree? They always go like that. (laughs) The only way you can love her as Christ loved the church is with the love that God has given you for her.
0: The book of Colossians was written long ago to followers of Jesus, but the truth it conveys is relevant to your life right now. As with many of the early churches, false teachers were plaguing the Colossian church, and false teachers try to derail people today. They use pieces of Scripture to sound legitimate, but often these passages are taken out of context and lack the love and truth intended by the author. These false teachers can be difficult to spot, but through studying God's Word and staying connected to Him, you'll have the ability to see them as the deceivers they are. We pray you continue to study God's Word for yourself, even after our time with you today on In Spirit and Truth Has Ended. If you'd like to keep listening, we do encourage you to visit InSpiritandTruthRadio.com. Our audio library is available in the archive. Or you can also take these teachings on the go with our mobile app. Find links to download at our website or search for In Spirit and Truth in your app store. This app is a great asset for your time of study. Not only will you have Pastor JD's Bible teachings, there's also helpful links and access to the latest editions of Pastor JD's weekly Mideast Prophecy Update. In these updates, Pastor JD takes a critical look at the news and events happening around the globe and compares them to prophecies in the Bible, sharing God's views on what's taking place. These messages are new each weekend and will help you put world events into an eternal perspective. That's all we have time for today. Join us next time for more from Colossians, right here on In Spirit and Truth.